1: or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage no matter what stage you're in Shopify's there to help you grow
0: sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer all lowercase that's shopify.com slash special offer
1: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear? check breakfast, lunch and dinner? check Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Brighton Rock podcast. In this episode, we pick up the second half of the conversation on Thursday evening that continued between Raymond, Peter and I, where we discussed all the various other bits of football news aside from PPV and Project Big Picture. And we looked ahead to the big kickoff on Sunday, 2pm at Smellhurst Park against our old friends from the wrong end of the A23 Crystal Palace. Gentlemen, um, starting off with Arsene Wenger. We've already heard his thoughts on uh, the big picture thing. Um, But also earlier in the week, he made some proposals about his suggestions for rule changes. Um, I think one of them was to do with offside. Um, I can't remember the details on that one. But what interested me was his suggestion about throw ins. He said that if you have a throw in awarded to your team, which is in your own half of the field, that he suggests the notion of having a kick-in rather than a throw-in given that you've obviously got a great deal of distance to cover to to get anywhere near the attacking goal um he said that there's not really an advantage to having a throw-in in in your own half you've got you're a man short by default obviously because of the throw-in itself um if if you've got an even number of players on the pitch um and you can't really throw it far and he seems to be under the impression that a great deal of the time you lose possession um I actually quite like this suggestion. He he put it out there just as as something to spark debate, really. But um,
0: I'm interested in your views on this one, gentlemen. Um, What do you think? Could that work? It it wouldn't be high on my list of options to rule changes in the game, frankly. I mean, it's... No, no. But could it work? I I don't really see... Yeah, I don't think I'm making any difference. It's not supposed to be a massive advantage, so... I don't really think he mm. If he was going to do it, it should be everywhere as well. It shouldn't be just in your own half. You can't have one rule in one half and one rule in another half. That makes it... That would be weird, mm. to my mind. I mean, the question
2: I have... If you're literally on the halfway line, do you have both options? In other words, can you choose between... Uh, I don't know what's happening with Russell at the moment, but anyway. But, uh, uh, I mean... You're <laughs> Would you have the choice of actually throwing in or having a kick-in? I, I your—I think your point, it's got to be consistent. I actually personally would prefer a kick-in, largely because we seem to be so ineffective inefe- uh, with throw-ins and we seem to lose, uh, I, I would have said, 70% of our own throw-ins. We, think.
0: we did score against Southampton last season though, and I only remember that because we so rarely do anything from throw-ins that it was quite a marked occasion that we did. then Murray
2: handed the ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, that must have been the only time the whole season. I can never remember any other ones. Yeah, That's why I remember that one. Well, I always think I've got a throw. That's my reaction. I'm not normally fine. I'm justified. um, I must
1: admit, the one one thing with it is, it's it's a bit of a frustrating situation, isn't it? When you've got possession, possibly you've done very well to win that possession, but all it is is a throw and you can't get it, too far ahead and there's, there's plenty of time to reset usually so it's defended easily there's no real advantage to it is there an um, interesting idea You in the, place, place.
0: Even the old days
2: hmm. <laughs> I think I mean it, certainly I would have thought worthy of having a trial at, at a high enough level to see how it goes I mean uh, something like Isthmian League or something like that they should to be able to trial it and see how it goes but certainly if you have a throw in your own half shall we say, 10, 12 yards from your own goal line, you're hemmed in in a corner and it's quite difficult to get out from there. If you could kick it in from there, you can obviously get the ball up into the opponent's half. uh, Rather like a goal kick. And that changes the whole dynamic.
0: Isn't that part of the tactic as well, though, that giving away a throw in deep in someone's half isn't a bad thing. So you're happy to do it to then hem them in and kind of block them in and probably win well in back. So isn't it kind of like losing a option of attacking? It's not quite like rugby where you kick for touch, but where you maybe you hem someone in and the worst, so they can do is block it and it hit against you for a throw or something like that. And actually, that's a good thing for you.
2: Oh, it, yeah. Oh, as, the, as the attacking team, yes, I, I think given that we tend to be more often um, on the receiving end of things at the moment, perhaps one day we'll be more on the on the giving end, along Manchester City and Liverpool, etc. In answer to
0: your original I question, Russ, I would be against it the way Wenger says it. I don't think that we're having something... We've already tried having handballing in different things in attacking and defending senses, and they've already pretty much scrapped that what well, they did last mm-hmm. season, didn't they? And they've gone too far now as well. I don't think things should mean different things if you're attacking or defending. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. It either is a kick-in or it's a throw-in. I think <laughs> that's a certain
1: victory. Ralph Victory often says um, football is a simple game that's often made
2: unnecessarily complicated or something like that. I'm paraphrasing.
0: Completely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I
2: mean, mean, the handball rule you mentioned, I I just don't understand why handball shouldn't apply from the elbow downwards. If it hits the elbow or anything lower, that's handball. But anything above that, I think, is a. I felt for, felt for Dyer the other day, but I mean, he has his back to a guy, he goes up, he's in the air and somebody heads onto the back of his arm. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous, yeah. I mean, I mean
1: VAR is obviously a, a, a motive point, it's a big debating point. That needs change. I was in favour, as Peter was, of some form of VAR, but not the form that we had. Um, we'll see how it goes over the rest of the season in terms of this, uh, this form of VAR as we now have it. Um, one thing, I've been listening to a few of the um, Football, the Albion and Me podcast with, I think it's Richard Newman, his name, who um, has been interviewing a load of ex-players, managers, et cetera. He's also had recently Kieran Maguire and Paul Cameron on. And throughout all of those interviews, he asked a number of questions, one of which is, what would you change? VAR is the one that comes up almost always, usually a get rid scenario. The other one is guilty pleasure. Nearly everybody says chocolate, which is interesting. I definitely would have said Dark Star IPA. I
0: think I think, there is a, a merit in having VAR. I said it before, it worked in Holland, it worked in Germany. I don't understand why mm. we can't make it work. And I, and I think it came up, yeah. I was really pleased it was coming on the back of a season where I think we would had numerous refereeing decisions that were dreadful that were going up against us, including that was at the FA Cup quarter final at Millwall when there was VAR on some of them, but not that one, where one of the guys wrote yeah. a Glenn Murray, in the penalty area. We had a clearly onside goal to set for offside and... We had a clear penalty denied, and it was like, well, actually, there is a position for this, but the way they've done it is completely wrong. They're missing, they're missing clearly our penalties or whatever because they they shouldn't, because they're not clearly obvious mistakes. They're making offsides that are like two two centimeters offside where no one was complaining in the first place, and they're giving handballs that shouldn't be given as handballs. And, then, yeah. and
1: that Millwall, the Millwall game where you said the rugby tackle for Murray was, that led to the Millwall goal, didn't it, yeah. right, if I remember. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly the case. But um, moving on to um, other subjects, keeping with the North London theme, oh, for a couple of uh, other items here, Gunasaurus, everyone else has covered this already, but we're going to as well. Gunasaurus controversially... now
0: because we've left it so long.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's a bit of a yeah, dinosaur issue, isn't it? It's, he, he's been made redundant, um, apparently he's part of the, I think it's the um, fan communications team or something. So he isn't just a mascot, actually, the guy that does it, which I think his name is, um, is it Jerry Key? I think his name is. Um, he's apparently on 80 grand a year. So he's obviously doing more than just sitting in a suit. Uh, you looking around. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he was made redundant. And as you may have heard in this week's news and last week's news, Mesut Ozil has stepped in and said, as long as he's playing for Arsenal, by which I think he means contracted to Arsenal, um, he would um, he would sub the wages. I think he would keep him on and and pay for him. So a commendable and gimmicky theme here. We're we're quite happy with this, aren't we? It's a bit of fun. You know, I mean, Ozil's
0: PR team have been saying to him, you need to make yourself look better than sitting on a on a bench or not even that for three hundred and fifty grand a week. And you won't Ingratiate
1: yourself with dinosaurs before you become
0: one. Something like that. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. everything that's wrong about Arsenal is summed up in that situation, and then the the Thomas Party thing as well, where they they got rid of this guy who's an eighty grand a week one day, and then they're buying Thomas Party for 45 yeah, well, they made, the next
1: day. He was he was one of the. I think it's twenty two people that were announced as redundant um, in lockdown. He was one of those, so he, it was actually he was working. Working through his redundancy notice, I think. Oh, um, but so yeah, it, it, it's um, before they signed Thomas. It's unsavoury, isn't it? I mean, Party's a good player, but he's forty-five million pounds. You know, is is that really appropriate? Um, it's it's it sticks in the core, doesn't it? Really,
0: that one. Um, I have to say that's Ray- where I actually am. Um, I, I, I know Alpine made no one redundant, and we've not really spent anything this summer. So you know, we're actually one of the better ones in that sense, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I
1: was, was going to say on that subject. I think it's us, Burnley Palace i can 't remember if it's uh, it might be West Ham because of Dean being sold, and somebody else it might be Saints. Five teams in the Premier League have a net spend of two million between them. This is according to price of football. Um, this is because of a couple of sales, obviously as part of the equation, but it's it shows the perception of the Premier League spending loads of money actually it's not so much i mean the net spend is different to the overall spend you Chelsea. And, yeah, I mean Villa Chelsea. Uh, and Man City, actually, again
2: this this year. Brent on, on Ozil, I thought it was a very good piece of personal PR because he, he's been getting off of flack because he isn't playing, not being included, uh, 300,000 a week sa- uh, salary, etc. And I thought by showing his commitment to you know, a figure that, that is associated with Arsenal, I think he was making a statement about his commitment to the club. I thought it was quite good PR on his part.
0: Yeah, being cynical, though, it's quite good PR on his part for a, a quarter of his weekly salary in a year. Yeah, it's, yeah,
2: yeah. It's well, actually, it, It's actually about, only about 12% of one week, but it's, uh, yeah, so I think, I true, about, about 30000 I think. Was yeah, the only thing
0: I read this week is that Arsenal, when, obviously, Ozil was... Um, was obviously talking about leaving at one point when he was one of their key players, offered him a bonus. So apparently this week, according to an article I read, so I don't know if it's true, he got an £8 million loyalty bonus for still being there in the last year of his, of his contract. <laughs> oh, marvellous, isn't it? Well, anyway, I think I didn't read it one place, so it could be wrong. But if that's true, because obviously I understand the logic was he looked like he might leave at one point, so they wanted to keep him there. But now it's like he's not even playing. So he's Utterly got to nothing on top of the. Uh... Well, I, moving to a few
1: other. Um, Harry Redknapp this week or last week said that um, he thought Spurs could win the title this year. Do you agree, guys? I don't.
2: <laughs> Utterly ridiculous, isn't it? Surely, I would uh, be surprised. <laughs> They,
1: yeah. might win a, they might win a cup, though. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's true. And they could finish top four, certainly. They might finish top three. It's feasible. With Bale signing, good good signing. But I, I have my reservations,
0: I have to say. Other news. Oh, yeah, and yeah, New I, Ward, I, I, the defence isn't good enough. Ironically, the defence for years was really good and they didn't have the backup up front. Now they've got the quality going forward. The defence is pretty dodgy. I mean, Eric Dyer's not a I, centre-back in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, that's true. Well... Other news, Colin, Wa- oh, sorry, uh, Neil Warnock. Yes, I've got to get his name right. Neil Warnock has had a um, a milestone. He's gone, it was coming back from COVID. Of course, he caught COVID, didn't he? Um, Centre of attention, eh? Uh, he's um, passed 1,500 games for Middlesbrough, and I think they came from behind to win in that match as well.
2: Um, quite a landmark, actually. Not many clubs have gone, uh, not many have mad- had that many. Is that 1,500 games? games it's not 1,500 games for Middlesbrough. No, no. Overall, it is correct. As a manager, Mm. yeah, Yeah.
1: Um, quite an impressive landmark. I mean, Wenger got close to that for just Arsenal, in fact. So, yeah, there are there are other uh, examples, but yeah, I mean, he's certainly a counter in the game. Don't agree with a lot of his views. Um, Not particularly fond of his football either. But fair play to the guy. He's 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 certainly got staying power, and he keeps. He's a bit like um, I think it's uh, Ken Loach, the film director, keeps saying he's made his last film and then comes back. I think Neil Warnock is the football equivalent. He keeps saying he's retiring and then doesn't.
0: In fact, you could say Martin Perry uh, is another guy who keeps saying he's going to retire and comes was back. It it was it Warnock who one person saying his wife would let him retire or something like that? Or if one of the <laughs> yeah. relatively senior managers, he says, I kept tra- keep trying to retire... Someone like him or Holloway or someone like that said... Yeah, a confined, uh, he
1: might be, i can imagine him becoming quite quickly intolerable in a confined space for a period of time. I imagine lockdown wasn't too pleasant for Mrs. Warnock. Uh, no offence, uh, Neil, but uh, there we are. One, have of those.
0: One, of, one of the older older managers who... Yeah, they, it may have been him or someone else, but it was... Yeah, they, I'm sure they said something about whoever it was.
1: Speaking of likeable characters, CKR, a.k.a... Colin Kazim-Richards, a.k.a. the Coca-Cola kid from quite a few years ago now. Um, he's signed for Derby. Bit of a strange move. Didn't see that happening. He's apparently about 33, 34 years old, something like that. Um, 34, 34, make... 34, yeah. What's he's your take on that? Rudy, Bit of
2: ironically.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly. Um, strange one. He's, he's the forgotten man, isn't he? Um, didn't cover himself in glory when playing for
0: Blackburn at the annex. A
1: homophobic jibes. Um, but actually was a really good
0: people. guest on Seagulls Over London one point when he came. He actually did have, we actually had a really good night at Seagulls Over London when he, was, when he joined us, so... Oh,
1: I missed that so one, actually. Time I should mention we are sponsored by Seagulls Over London. Though. www.seagullsoverlondon.com Sorry, Peter, carry on. It may have been before your time.
0: But yeah, I didn't think I'd because, seen Matt Clark, Wayne Rooney and Colleen Kazim-Richards in the same team. That's uh, a... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it probably was before my time, by the way. I'm I'm, I'm only a spring chicken, of course, myself. Um, but um, speaking of other ex-Albion players, one of them might be heading along to the new home of an ex-Albion manager, because Chris Hughton has finally ended his impasse after leaving the club. He was sacked, um, uh, well, yeah, a couple of years ago now, and um, he's just finally sorted himself out with a new role. He's decided to go for Nottingham Forest, a club that's changed managers more often than some people change their underwear. Um, but they have they have been struggling, to be fair. They did need a change. And I think Houghton is a good fit for them. They're a club of a certain size with certain aspirations that really should be pushing for promotion and they should be getting it. They've they've pretty much wallowed, haven't they, in the same way that the Sheffield Wednesdays and Derbys Leeds of this world have done. They
0: spectacularly um, screwed up their playoff chances last year. I mean, that was a... I think they, they gave up a five goal difference on Swansea by losing four one at home to Stoke. Yeah, lockdown
1: was not was not kind to them, was it? Um, and obviously the manager Lamouchi was was doing well for them, um, but it just fell away badly, and they've started disastrously this season. They've made the change. Chris Hughton has the track record in this division. He nearly got Birmingham up against all odds in the in the playoffs. Um, he then got Newcastle up with a record points total at the time, I think. Um, or certainly for Newcastle it was, and then he's got Brighton promoted. Um, he's done pretty well at that level. Um, they're not a bad side to watch a Chris Hewton team, are they, at this level either? So they've now also been, uh, I think they're on the brink of signing Nockart, who completed his permanent switch to Fulham after a loan spell from Albion this summer, but he is able to make another change, I think, at this stage. Um, and this, the he didn't take it did up, so
0: it's... It's only if he played for both teams or something. I have to yeah. say, the other one who might be happy about, will be happy about this, is Guyton Bong, who signed for Forest in January, I think it was, and played like one oh, yeah. night and then got dropped completely and wasn't even in the, didn't even have a squad number, as far as I remember from reading about it. And obviously, Hewton was a big fan of his, so they'll, they'll, uh, he'll presumably get a much more chance, or well, get one of the chance again at, at Forest.
1: And he's still there, gone,
0: uh, isn't yeah, he, there. Yeah. Um, he? Yeah, he's still there. But he hadn't been given a squad number and they'd not managed to let him go. So, as far as I say, I imagine he'll be very happy about that. But I think it's a great appointment. I said, the night, briefly, didn't we touch on it? But point. I think it's a fantastic but, appointment for Forrest. And I really yeah, hope they do probably, well with I, Yeah, like, Chris probably, yeah. Ended was a fantastic manager for Albion. And I, I wish him nothing but, but, but good luck there. Absolutely.
2: And also to mockart if he does go there, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 I mean... what as well. I mean, Houston knows how to handle knock I think it's good. And not Forest obviously have, a, have a, a great history. I mean, the, the European Cup exploits under Clough and winning the English League. And, but back-to-back European Cups is a very rare achievement. Very few clubs win back-to-back European uh, sort of club championships. So, um, I mean, it is a bigger club, I think, than a lot. And, uh, and, and really should be, I think, in the top division. Yeah, and
1: Brighton, uh, the last manager to leave um, Brighton and go to Nottingham Forest was, oh, Mr. Clark. Well, yes, they did rather well, didn't they? they? Not directly.
0: Not, not <laughs> directly in his case. He no, that's true, our, that's true. Our favourite club.
1: Yes, yes. Let's, let's not say anymore. anymore. <laughs> um, a couple of other bits go through here. Right, so um, this is a little bit out of date, but I wanted to mention it because I forgot to last time. Jose Mourinho, um, have you heard of Gary Southgate? Because Jose seems. To have done. <laughs> Do you hear about this? He calls Gareth Southgate Gary. I don't know if he thought that was an abbreviation, a legitimate one, or whether he was having some kind of joke. But um, uh, yes, <laughs> a bit of, bit of an odd one. It's
0: inexplicable um, as why Southgate keeps playing Maguire in defence.
1: Yeah, maybe <laughs> he's thinking of a completely different player that he meant to pick for this squad because. Because Harry Maguire at the moment is having a dreadful nightmare, isn't he? Right. Um, he got sent off this midweek, didn't he?
0: Yeah, I think I said in the WhatsApp group, I w- he's not doing him any favours. I-, I would have given him two weeks off and said, you need this time to rebuild for your club and your country or whatever. Yeah. Played other defenders, basically. He's- yeah. It he's still- always- His
2: mind has not been the same, has it, uh, Maguire, no. since... Since, since the Greek incident, and that must Boy, it's be... It's so
0: frustrating we didn't beat them, like we should have done.
2: Exactly. No, but
1: I
0: mean, yeah, they'd be on zero points if we'd
2: beaten them. After the as, games. Think, as Jamie Rednett was saying the, uh, the, the other night, or, or last night, but after he was sent off, he's saying, some people can, leave, can walk onto the pitch and leave everything that's off the pitch behind them, and some can't. Mm. Said, some go on and take it with them, and some can't. And, uh, obviously, Maguire... I think, hasn't been able to, and it's, it's showing in his decision-making and everything else. And talking yeah, about I mean, decision-making, we were t- talking about Connolly briefly earlier, but, uh, but Connolly, uh, by his own admission, uh, was saying that he, he made some poor decisions last night. And it's actually, I think, why he needs to be carefully handled and carefully nurtured by, by the Albion, as he develops, he's still only 20 um, and therefore yeah. under 20 on 21. Actually, yeah. but, he needs well, to play get experience, but you don't mm. want to overplay him so he can learn from the mistakes.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. We'll, we'll get on that's to Collin a little more in a moment. But well, just
0: that's
1: well, a... So I was going to say, on the man management front I do think there's a bit of a misstep there from Gareth Southgate. I think You have to read the situation i mean he's a man i'm sure has emotional intelligence but there's certain nuances to it where you you have to read what the player is about and what they need and it seems to me i'm not that privy to the inside track obviously but it seems to me that harry mcguire needs to be brought out of the equation a bit given some rest time in general but also given some mental rest time in general to try and regather himself and and regain some form because he's he's been terrible for club and country, really, hasn't he? England itself has done okay. He's 3-0 against Wales, which is a good, uh, a good re- revenge of sorts, you could say, for the Euros. Um, beating Belgium coming from behind was obviously brilliant, even though we could have lost that game comfortably in one sense. Ultimately, in the end, it's about the results and we, we got the win. Um, but yeah, Harry Maguire, you look, I, I would pick a number of players before him at the moment, to be honest, based on form and where, where the heads are. And Connor Cody has been great, I have to say. He's, he's
2: done very well. He seems um, to be, from what we're saying, he seems to be very vocal and very much a person who has leadership qualities.
0: Well, he's captain of course, isn't he, Cody, I think, so... It's not surprising. That's, I mean, yeah, you'd hope he you would, but, yeah, it's good to have people like that in defence.
1: Yeah. Well, go on, Raymond, you've mentioned Connolly, so let's go to that one next. So, Connolly. I mean, obviously... I saw his interview after the game. I didn't see the game itself. I just saw the interview. But he was clearly very down, very despondent. Admittedly and quite um, you know, quite impressively, he was very self-reflective. Um, he was um, introspective about it. He was, he was quite critical of himself, saying uh, decision-making. He could have made some other decisions, shooting when he should have passed, that sort of thing. Um, so fair play to him for that. Um, the whole thing around him in this international break has been ridiculous, though. But yes, he, he could have could have done better. We personally could have done with him having a break, to be honest, given our striker situation as well. Um, but it all started rather bizarrely, didn't it? Because he was in close proximity to someone who was rumoured to be COVID positive. It turned out to be a false positive. Um, Connolly had to self-isolate because that false positive wasn't known at the time and subsequently missed a crucial... Euro's qualifier, uh, which I think it was quoted by the, I can't remember the manager or one of the players afterwards said that uh, they missed Connolly and he may have made the difference. He he wasn't able to make that difference. They got knocked out. Well, so he, but
2: well, he missed. He missed obviously the playoff game to start with. Yeah, the yeah. Driving He then missed the the first of the qualifiers. Um, mm. It was a ridiculous thing. It was, partly it was caused by the rule in Ireland is two meters apart. England is only one meter apart. But whoever organised the seating obviously got it wrong. And there was obviously yeah. an error amongst the, organization, the, the Irish Association's organisation. But, but he was actually quite lively. And he was, I felt, he was more lively when he was coming in and playing on the left than when he was moved more centrally after Brady came on. And he was, I think, possibly making slightly better decisions then. He took one very... Good, quick, he got fired, he took a very quick, free kick, and Ireland uh, really should have scored from it. Um, mm. so he, he did some good things he, he was the only person really offering a threat um, for Ireland, and uh, you know, they, they looked quite efficient and one moment of misconcentration in defense and uh, sort of typical Brighton pass, blind pass and and they were in a, and Finland scored. Um, and Arnold, I thought overall were slightly the better side, and, uh, and Lombi played quite well. Um, did some good things. Duffy had his hands fairly full with Puki, but nonetheless, other than one moment, played him quite well, and he actually quite commanding. Duffy uh, in in a lot of ways, you can see his leadership qualities. He almost seemed sort of uh, more of a. You know, more of a leader than Doug, dare I say it? Um, mm. But uh, it, it, I mean, good seeing three Bright- Brighton players you know, playing in, in the same international side. But Connolly, I, I, I thought he was—you know—there were some positives. Still, f- fell over a bit quickly. But uh, you know, I think I think he came out ahead.
0: Of- but then you say fell over a bit quickly. I think that comes—you know—some of that comes from a Man U game. But that first one was a penalty based on fella doing it and Harry Kane doing it, and all those players doing it. So it's like, well, if players... I uh, give an example, the, the Palace game last year, Montoya was clearly tripped in the area, stayed on his feet to get a shot in, and there wasn't a penalty given. Now, that sort of incident shows why players go down. VAR looked at it. He was clearly tripped. I looked at the... I the kind of on the clip on Twitter earlier, so I was looking at it again, and so it, it reminded me how obvious a penalty it was. And yet VAR did not give a penalty. And that's why players go down, because referees and VAR do not give penalties mm-hmm. if players don't go down. Well, Raymond, Raymond's a
1: big advocate that that was a penalty as well, to be fair. I was Obviously much more is. dubious about it, but...
0: Quality, the, the, the ...easy yeah. to go down. I think he, he was the, clipped against United. The more I from, think I about mean, it, the more I think it's irritating that it was overturned. Because it wasn't the really obvious his
2: shoulder proper. He tried three times with a and he also locked him around the knee. I mean, there were four four attempts which you could have given. One would have been a free kick because it was outside of the area, but, and, and one was on the edge, so, and one was, on well, the pullbacks was definitely inside, but and the other was inside, so there were at least two things. Yeah. But but the one you're talking about, Montoya, I couldn't agree with you more, Peter. I'm,
0: I'm not saying you didn't, I'm just saying it's more the, the Connolly going down easily, because you see Salah doing that all the time. Literally, that's his game, isn't it? He, I'm sure he yeah. won a penalty against us a couple of years ago with that, didn't he? Got, got yeah. a very tight like, contact and went down and it was given.
1: Well, can I just say on, on the Connolly matter, um, I, I got the impression it was quite, a, it was quite an emotive image, uh, interview that he had at the end of the game. It really was quite distinctive for what the, how disappointed he looked with himself and with the team and how, how the results had gone. Bearing in mind this was Nations League, wasn't it? I, I believe. Is that right? This game? There Nations League, yeah. So, you know, he's really feeling it um, in what is ultimately a competitive friendly competition, isn't it? You could probably call it. Um, after the game, Clinton Morrison, who I've got a lot of time for, despite the fact he played for them, the P-word, as I I, should, I called them the C-word before, we should call them the P-word, shouldn't we, really, Palace? Um, yeah, he's a good guy, though, Clinton Morrison. I really like him. I think he's a really endearing
0: pundit. To be fair, his disallowed of- goal against us in that 1-0 win was one of my highlights I've ever... Watching football, yeah, <laughs> yeah, wheeling away, celebrating the offside flag going up. Yeah,
1: that's it. oh, I loved it. That was my favourite moment. So I, I, I love him for that as well. I have to say, <laughs> and we'll talk more about Palace in a minute. But, but Morrison said um, of Connolly, he said he's an exceptional young talent, and Ireland should build a team around him. So praise indeed. You know, really does seem like the emphasis is really around him being the big fish for Ireland going forwards. And I know they're in a bit of a bad place at the moment, so they're looking for whatever to, to help them. But um, that's, that's kind of nice, isn't it, to hear that, especially from Palace. A lot the palace. for a 20-year-old, though. Sorry?
0: A lot of pressure for a 20-year-old. Yeah, true. I think what Raymond said, actually, about... I mean, him I him mean there was one actually. particular moment
2: uh, in the game, and, which was all Brighton, nothing but Brighton. Uh, Finland had an attack Duffy won the ball came forward and passed it out to Molumbi who was sort of almost in the right uh, right wing back position who did a strong run d- down the wing almost to the goal line whipped across the cross and Connolly almost got in, in on the near post didn't quite get there and it, he he couldn't quite get to it and the goalkeeper caught it but it was uh, there was no other Irish player involved it was Brighton 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 and it was you know, just the fact that the familiarity of those three players, of training together, mm-hmm. working together.
0: What you're saying about Connolly, actually, I think, hopefully they will use him fleetingly, because I think he'll interchange a lot more. If we keep everyone fit, he'll be interchanging a lot more with Alana as well, up on those front three positions. So it'll be Trossard, Malpay, and then one of Connolly and Alana, depending on who we're playing against. I think if teams sit deeper, for example, you probably want Lalana there because he might open the team up. Whereas if they're further up, you want the pace of Connolly. So it's hopefully they will use him, you know, not too, not every game basically, and run him into the ground. That you know he's quite young, and obviously he did go a bit backwards as the season went on last season because I think he was not used to the physicality of the game and the kind of you know every, all everything that surrounded this and the pressure on him. Yeah, I, I saw it okay. definitely
2: about, about ten or twelve minutes of the Belgian game. Uh, Towards the end of the first half, so I thought. Crossar played, didn't he? And I think he played well, didn't he? Is that right? He did did play well, and he was quite involved. But he was playing slightly deeper for them, I felt, than he did for us. More as a sort of inside right, sort of rather than out on the wing or or number or number ten.
0: Yeah, I think he's been excellent this season. I think, obviously, it'd be great if he could learn to shoot slightly into the goal rather than onto the post, but. Generally, since lockdown came back, we've come back from lockdown. He's been superb, I think. He was a bit in and out yeah. before that, but and obviously adapting to a new league and everything like that. It's fair enough. Um, mm. But yeah, since lockdown, he's been our best player, arguably, I'd say. Two so, people yeah. we haven't mentioned. I was going
1: to say two people we haven't mentioned in terms of uh, confirmation since the transfer window: Jakub Meder, who was from Lech Poznan, and uh, Mikhail Kavovnik from Leisure, Warsaw. They did complete their deals with us. I don't think we formally mentioned that on this podcast. They have been doing pretty well for Poland. They're already at the ages of 21 and 19, respectively. They, a midfielder and a, a left-back, have been in the Polish senior team. Raymond, you've, you've actually caught those games, haven't you? And You said yeah, you've been pretty... I, I, did for the
2: beat. I didn't see very much of last night's because I was trying to watch uh, others. But it was um, I did catch some of it. Um, uh, if if I start with the first game against Finland, um, they both started against that. Uh, they, they both had an assist, so uh, uh, two of the five goals they, uh, they assisted on. says well, you know, he, he was actually moved around the park. He started at left back, then, then uh, with sort of more midfield, and then he was more attacking down the left as a substitution. He's a very versatile player. Uh, th- that's the 19-year-old. Which, of course, um, possible likes. Yeah. And he came on, the next game, he didn't, he didn't start, but he did come on and uh, ha- had some good moments. He featured quite strongly in, in one uh, one of the better moves towards the end of that game. It was uh, the one against Italy. So he, he got some exposure against Italy. Um, Moda played the, the whole of the game against Italy um, and was impressive. I mean, you know, the Italian national side you know, is, is not exactly one of the weaker teams to play. And uh, Moda did not play yesterday. He was on the bench, but they probably thought two games already in a week was too much for a 21 year old. Uh, but come on, he still came on for about the last 12, He came on about the 78th minute or 79th minute and still got some time playing in another qualifying game. So they've, they've both now got three caps and, uh, I have to say, impressive. I mean, I mean, they look bargain buys to me. I think they're absolute steals, depending on what price that you see quoted. But going from transfer market, Modo is sort of something around or just over 9 million. And Kowalik is uh, around 6. But even at those, prices, that's the top price quoted. Um, yeah. Perhaps that's what the deal will end up being. But I have to say they're steals for both of them because I mean, Kowalik is... Uh, not quite the Lamptey on the left, but he's damn near it. But he's probably a more versatile player uh, than Lamptey. um And they're both two-footed, uh, certainly Moda is. And, you know, the best pieces of business we've done since Lamptey, but frankly. yeah. frankly. I think it's probably gone under the radar at this stage in January. Hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Moda, Moda could come back in January, but Koban wouldn't hmm. be become- back the, the season, so, which I think is a pity. And if only we could, pick up, we could have picked up somebody with that much more experience than Zakiri, who would had experience in a higher league, had he been playing, shall we say, in the Swiss top league rather than the Swiss second last season, yeah, that would have been so better. So the cycle
1: equivalent of those two guys would be ideal. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to move on because we've got to we'll close off soon. So just just keep you on an in international flavour. A couple of things. Antonin Panenka. Uh, we, we've seen Mr Morpé score a Panenka against Man United, unfortunately to no avail in the end, recently. Well, the man who gave his name to that uh, type of penalty kick, uh, Czech International, 1976 Euros, is when he, uh, he coined that, exp- uh, that uh, expression and uh, patented that move with his dinked penalty. He, was, uh, he actually caught COVID. He was in hospital. Uh, the good news is he's been discharged and he's doing all right. Um, someone else that's, that's called COVID this week was uh, Ronaldo, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo, the latest of the high-profile players to get it. People like DiBala, uh, I think Pogba had it, all sorts of others. Um, oh, uh, what well, that? Yes, there's what, a cat what, what? as a Peter, sorry. Peter, James Bond cat has stand up? <laughs> um, um, yeah, Cristiano oh, has has called. So it's, so yeah, I was going to say Cristiano Ronaldo has caught COVID. Um, I was going to say, not too worried about him, but he hasn't, he's not quite as much of a fine specimen as someone else who caught it Donald Trump. I <laughs> hope he can recover. <laughs> Hopefully he'll be all right. <laughs> the cat is still dominating the screen, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, remind me of the name, Peter? Bernie. He's got strong views about the, about the um, Big Six and their uh, new plans. He does have rent
2: face, I have to say. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously Peter Goldfinger's Marsh,
0: so... I just need a the swivel there to <laughs> turn around in. Uh, Goldstone saying,
1: finger, maybe? Goldstone finger?
0: God.
2: <laughs> only only that was pretty. Years ago, not now. In, incidentally, talking about young players, I've caught uh, Ryan Longman a couple of times on... Uh, I follow playing for Wimbledon, FC Wimbledon. And he's done well for... First five games, competitive games for Wimbledon, scored two goals out on loan. So, um, I think worthy of a quick mention. Yeah, he's one who's yeah. not
0: really been mentioned before, had he, But before this season. He'd, you know, he'd obviously been in the M23s, but not really been as high profile as some of our other low needs. But, uh, yeah, it sounds like he's done really well.
2: He, he got injured last which I think he, meant he lost quite a bit of it. He was AFC Wimbledon wanted to take him on loan in January, but he was injured, so he couldn't. Yeah, yeah if, what
0: I mean today, actually, Albion related, young, young player-wise, is that Sanders seems to be staying with us rather than going out on loan. They don't seem to have found a championship club to loan him to. So he sounds uh, like he's going to stay until January, at least. Uh, and I think Mulumbi, who I think has
2: been impressive, incidentally, um, and I, I personally would like to see Mulumbi playing alongside Bissouma with Al- Alsati uh, further forward. And since Potter has said he thinks Sati could play further forward, uh, as a number 10. That might be an interesting uh, sort of three-sort. I, th-
0: I think Molumbi will get games, or at least come off the bench at times, I think, over the next few months. Yes. He may had a proper, possibly, even... He, he got
2: rave reviews for the his performance against Wales.
0: Hmm. He's manned the match, wasn't
1: he, by Irish fans? yeah. yeah. Well, Raymond, I'm glad you mentioned Ryan Longman and Wimbledon because I was going to flag that one up. So you've, you've done my loan watch for me, which is brilliant. So I was going to ask you because I know you've been watching the games. Um, in the lower leagues elsewhere, Salford have sacked manager Graham Alexander. Paul Scholes, uh, one of the co-owners, has installed himself as interim uh, manager for the time being. Is he going to last longer than the 31 days he did at his
0: hometown club of Oldham, I wonder? And when he blame the owners for broken promises when he leaves... Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll, 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 we'll it was, have wasn't to... listen was not there, with skulls and Oldham, where he said something yeah. about why he left and they didn't appreciate it or something, or...? Yeah,
1: that was rather
2: awkward, I've, wasn't I've... it? Uh, how how long will it be before um Salford so, so get themselves up, you know, up yeah. the league? So I thought, actually, the done a, they've done a good job. I think They've th- been saying... They've been playing well. They end of last season. They have, played... Are, but
0: they they were two up against Tranmere on Saturday when Tranmere had about seven players out with COVID, and then Lodge only drew two. All. Obviously, they didn't say that wasn't worth. They didn't want to keep him after that. But apparently, his tactics quite boring from what I've read. So the, the justification seems to be that the squad is very expensive, including the two scorers at the weekend were Richie Towle and James Wilson, ex-Albion. Yeah, yeah. and um, the, the style of play is not that not not that great. Apparently, was the general view. Yeah, I think it's,
1: I mean, they're very ambitious. They've, they're very lofty in their ambitions. They've stepped on a few toes along the way, I think, to to fast track their way through. You know, it is what it
2: is. Um, I, I think went they, there last
0: season when we were at Man U. It was like a convenient... I mean, yeah,
2: um, yeah, being... Just making a, 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 what I think will become uh, possibly a question of sports or a question. I don't know to what extent that you have picked up on the fact that, of course, the Albion's first match at the Amex was against Doncaster. Now, just guess who AFC Wimbledon's first opponents are at their new stadium. Doncaster, <laughs> brilliant! That's, that's fantastic. Fantastic. And That's on, yeah. the, on the second, the weekend of the sort of uh, first, second around, around there of November. So, uh,
1: that's good to hear. And I mean, it's I mean obviously Doncaster, Brighton both had their financial problems, Wimbledon as well. Another club that has, and sticking with the North West theme, Macclesfield FC are being formed. a Phoenix Club, after Macclesfield Town, have effectively been liquidated there or thereabouts, haven't they? Um, the good news is that Robert Smethurst, who's a local businessman, has acquired the assets to what was the club, so Moss Rose, the stadium, and, and other facilities. So Macclesfield FC, the new Phoenix Club, will by the sounds of it, be playing at the old Macclesfield Town Ground when they reform. They'll go through the Northwestern Counties League. I think that's going to be step six of the non-league process. Um, the interesting element, of course, I can see Peter's about to mention it if I don't, Robbie Savage, Director of Football there. He, he apparently lives a stone's throw from the ground and um, he's popped along and seen a few games there uh, by all accounts. So, you know, I, I, I don't mind Robbie Savage. I think he's an aggravating pundit sometimes. You see his quote he is... seems a nice heart's in the right place. Would you say
0: you see his quote this week? Apparently, he was no, like, no, saying that um, what with Ryan Reynolds getting involved at Wrexham, he, he was Wrexham's a-lister, whereas Savage was a z-lister at uh, Macclesfield, <laughs> which I quite liked. <laughs> uh, I, I, agree. I, think I think he's a uh, you know he's pretty harmless. He's pretty useless for Albion, but. He's generally a pretty, you know, decent character. He loves the game. Yeah, that's right. It's an
1: Albion link again, isn't it? Yeah, well, why not? Well, speaking of Albion links, let's go on one more story for uh, or two more stories on the Albion. First of all, I picked up on one of the podcasts this week. I think, um, I think it might have been when Glenn Murray was uh, co-hosting on Five Live. I can't remember now. But he was talking about lockdown and he said that it was a huge positive for us. It took the pressure off. So not really much to say about that. I just thought I'd quote that one because uh, it's interesting to know. It pretty much confirms what we probably suspected in terms of us needing that breather at that particular time and benefiting from it. We obviously had a good restart, didn't we? Um, but moving on swiftly on from there, free agents. Um, there's been a bit of talk about that for the Albion, hasn't there? Danny Welbeck, Daniel Sturridge, um, a couple of other people available. Any thoughts on anything? We've been linked quite heavily with Danny, uh, Danny Welbeck, haven't we? Um, possibility and of wages be
2: issued. And, and Andre Au down at Swansea, we've been rumoured to have an interest in.
0: Yeah, the Swansea okay. manager said there's no interest, no, no nothing into that today, apparently. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't be
1: averse to the idea of well back at the right price, as long as it's not too expensive. Wages may be in
2: maybe, but he's unemployed, pretty, surely he's... He's a free agent, so it's just a question of the signing off fit, isn't it, sir? So.
0: Yeah, I imagine that he's, he's probably doesn't want to sign anything until after Friday, because any club who hasn't signed anyone in in the window will be even more desperate then, probably. Yeah, so, true. He's probably yeah. keeping his powder dry until after Friday, and when no one can sign anyone except the free agents, and thinking, "Well, I'll probably be a prime candidate then for a club desperate for a striker."
1: Yeah, that's a good point actually, because you could say Vegas could be can't be choosers, but then. Beggars can be choosers in that scenario, can't they?
0: Yeah. Technically, you're a beggar as well, so both sides are beggars, technically. But but the other
2: thing is to say, you know, Daniel, yes, we're interested in doing, here's the deal, you've got to agree it by uh, midday tomorrow and and sign before five o'clock. So, uh, you know, take it or leave it. And uh, so you you could actually give him an argument.
0: He'd probably leave
2: it. But if, <laughs> it's like...
1: yeah. I mean, if it's still January, that's that's hardly any time at all anyway now, isn't it? When you look at it, we're in mid-October already. Um, maybe we do a deal till then, if nothing else can be done and he hasn't got any better options. Maybe we do a deal till the end of the season, I don't know. Um, but in the meantime, we've got other concerns, haven't we? Um, a certain team's playing us uh, late lunchtime, or is it two o'clock kickoff? Uh, I think, isn't it, for the past game? Yeah, two, uh, two on is, Sunday, this is going to be the first Palace game that I've missed since I've been going to games. Um, disappointing, obviously. Circumstances prevail that dictate that we that has to be the case um, for, for me and many others, I'm sure, as well. We've had a mixed bag of results against them. We're still just ahead on the head-to-head rule, but um, we've had mixed fortunes even recently. We did the double over them a couple of years ago. Last year, they took four points off us. I, in my opinion, we should have had four points off of them based on the balance of play. Um, we go into this game in probably oh, you better can even form. argue sticks,
0: To be honest, last season because I mean, Dunk. Yeah. That, that Header from Dunk was if it had gone in, we'd have oh. won the game, and we hammered them in War the face. face.
2: Yeah, oh. I mean, how,
0: what are the odds of it hitting your own player in the face when you're like? Yeah. It, basically. Now going I've been. The back of the nets.
1: I, I've been thinking they. I've been listening to their podcast through the years, and they really, really don't like Lewis Dunk, um, which is great. I love the fact they don't like doing Lewis Dunk. But I've been itching for the one thing that he hasn't done. He's, he's run the whole length of the Arthur weight stand, celebrating in front of them at the final whistle after the, uh, the game where Knockhart got the winner. And he went the whole length of it, winding them up, which I absolutely loved. I love him as much as they hate him. The one thing that's missing is a goal. And obviously last season, that would have been the perfect tonic. They, they've been going on about him again on the podcasts in the run up to this game. Wouldn't it be just great if he scored any goal, but particularly a decisive goal, in this match. As
2: long as it's in the
1: right net, Russell.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he has
1: got a penchant for scoring in the
0: wrong net. I'd sometime. rather hold up for next season when he heads in a last-minute winner at, at, at... in front of the... Uh, in front of the, the, you know, all the ultras and all that sort of thing, and there, you know... and t- runs up and it one on the actual fans being there, rather than anything else.
1: It seemed a bit scornful of the fact that Morpay was uh, shushing the family stand after scoring last season. Well, that's fine, because we'll just score at the other end when fans are back, and that's no problem. We'll keep that one in mind. Um, overall, though, I mean, yeah, mixed bag of results. Last season, pretty disappointed with how that went. I, I utterly ripped off. We got,
0: really yeah, we only got the one point against them, though, didn't we? Indeed, yeah. Um, yeah, how do you think have... we absolutely hammered them for 70 minutes, didn't we? And then, actually, you could have lost the game in the end, but we literally, they didn't barely touch the ball for 70 minutes.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of touching the ball for 70 minutes, I mean, have you seen their stats this year? They get about, on average, something like 27%, 28% of the ball, well, which is does. insanely, it it's really bad. Um, you can be as counter-attacking as you want and you can, you can advocate your, uh, your style that way, but that's, that's pretty poor. I, I mean, we, we tend to dominate possession, they tend not to, so it's pretty clear to guess that that's likely to be the case on Sunday. What the outcome of the game, of course, is less... Got to
0: our sure. chances, got to not give the yeah. in silly areas. That's the two things uh, I, uh, that the case ever I, since Potter came in.
2: My, my yeah. concern with uh, all the, the, the sort of niggling sort of uh, injuries that we've got floating around, um, not knowing exactly who's going to be fit and who isn't, um, is whether we'll have enough firepower out there. And also, yeah, of course... We've had quite a lot of people, as I guess they probably have, often international duty. So people may have only return today. They'll have Friday and Saturday, perhaps, to train to get back together. I see that Lampton and Proper have started training again this week. But that means they haven't been training until this week. Um, and you thought that your hand bash- Peter is not in, sounded like
0: he probably wouldn't be available. But, I mean, yeah. McCannister's quite a decent option. For Benjamin I, think, I think they've got another match, actually, or something. Iran. That's, I think, he might be away. But... No, he's not. He, he, he was pulled out of that, I think, because of his injury. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I think he uh, sounds doubtful. Lamptey and Possa, it's hard to... Um, Lamptey and Proper, it's hard to know. Connolly sounds doubtful. So, there's a few, yeah. We've not got a lot of depth in our squad. It's quite worrying. Presumably... McCannister. Oh, but obviously, um, that Levar- I, 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 um, that's a massive I, I,
2: if he's out. It's Querdo. Isn't going to be a uh, candidate for the first team at least no, no, and, no. until after until after the November break at the earliest. So.
1: Oh, I would, I would, yeah, I would think that's the case. Yeah, I mean, there's players on both sides could be out. It's a really hard one to call because we don't really know what personnel is going to be available. Mm. Uh, in Potter's sense, obviously, as always, we can't guess what the team's going to be anyway.
0: Um, you it might be the sort of season where You can't. Sorry. This season, he's not changed a lot without having to. He obviously brought Lalana mm-hmm. in for Basuma and Connolly in for Lalana in the first few games. But other than that, the team has been a lot more settled this season, I would yeah, say. it's not, true. It's not been that many. Really. The back five have been the same. Ryan's been the same. Alzate's played to start every game. Malpe start every game, Trossard start every game. So actually, we're a lot more predictable in some ways this year, which is in some ways good because you get a more settled side, but in other ways bad because we're more predictable.
1: So. Hmm. Good point. Form's a bit ambiguous. I mean, they've they've not been. They played well in the first couple of games and got good results. They played less well in the later games and got mixed results. We've played well pretty much in all the games, with the possible exception of Everton, and not got probably the results we deserve. I listened to their podcast. They actually thought not only that we deserved the draw, but actually the win against Chelsea. Um, They correctly um, assessed that we deserved the win against Newcastle. And they know full well, albeit they were much more amused than we were, that we didn't get the result against Man United. Um, I think they're a bit worried about us. I think they know that if we're playing well, we could take the game to them. We could impose our, our game on them. We could get the result. Um, it, there's so many factors involved. It's hard
0: to say what's going to happen. Yeah, on here, the face of it, are head to head against United, it looks like they had a, they, they look like a better team. They went there and won. We lost at home, but they had like three <laughs> shots all game. I think it was, including a very questionable penalty, which was then saved and really unlucky to, met, to get retaken. And we we had like um, infinity shots against United. Hit the bar about sixty times or something like that, and still managed to lose. So it's like. You know, I think we sounds like we played a lot better against United from what I saw of our game, and what I heard about from their game on Match of the Day and that sort of thing than they did. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. that reminds me of Napoleon's famous statement: "I'd rather have a lucky general than a good yeah. general."
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, on that note, and um, we're pretty much wrapped up. And just, just finally, we were trying to get on. Kieran and Kevin Day, who do The Price of Football. Kieran, of course, being a Brighton fan, who's been on with our show once before. Kevin Day, who is, of course, a Palace fan. Mm-hmm. He's a stand-up comic. I wonder why so many stand-up comics are are Palace fans. Maybe that's a coincidence, maybe it's not, I don't know. You've got to have some kind of a sense it's of humour, haven't you? Down comics as
0: well are Palace fans.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so, so there's that. Um, we, we did actually get close. We got mentioned on the Price of Football podcast, indirectly, I should say. Um, a Brighton podcast invited us on and I had to politely decline on both our behalf, said Kieran. Um, Kevin then responded by saying, oh, I, um, I'm glad you've responded, but I feel disappointed that I wasn't given the opportunity to turn them down myself. So I actually then sent him a message and asked him if he fancy coming on. Um, he said, uh, essentially, that... Um, you know, it's it, are you sure you don't want to come on? He said very sure, and um, there was a bit of an exchange, a bit of banter going on. Essentially, in the end, he was saying he wouldn't mind, so he, he might be up for coming on at some point, but he is actually pretty busy at the moment, if but, they win. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. He didn't want to come on in the next three weeks, he said, just in case. That's <laughs> that's one thing, but good guy, actually. He's a, he's a top fella, and um, it would be good to get him on at some point. In the meantime. We are hoping he's going to have a horrible weekend, aren't we, Peter? Aren't we, Raymond? Yeah.
2: Well, I, I think, yeah, I, obviously, well, hopes we'll get the results. I think it's going to be very close. I think you're right. Um, the one good thing is that there shouldn't be any crime trouble. Um, so, <laughs> which will make a change. Um, Just looking but, at those changing rooms. But, I mean, from that viewpoint, I...
0: Be quicker to get I, out I, afterwards than normal anyway. I, I,
2: I, don't think, I don't think there'll be a lot in it. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, my sort of worry is that with our depleted um, sort of forces that we'll end up getting another injury or something. And this season, you know, you always have the risk of injury. You always have the risk of suspensions. But we have this other factor of the risk of people having to isolate. Hmm. Uh, yes. you know, yeah. Which to I agree ready. is
0: why it's mad that we've not got another striker in because these things are, yeah, we're far more prone to things like that happening and that sort of thing. Another body even, you know, just another striker. It's not even someone to take over from Malpay, It's someone to be available like Welbeck would, have, would make complete sense. On the bench. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd go along with that, yeah.
2: I mean, somebody who, yeah. who offers something different as well yeah. and experience could help, you know, bring a bit of mentoring into college. Yeah. So, well, listening to
1: their podcast, they, I mean, the predictions were, there was one of each outcome was the prediction for the three people I I listened to. One thought that uh, Brighton were going to win 2-1, uh, or 3-1, I think, actually, I might have said. Uh, someone else said uh, 2 will draw, and someone else said Palace will win, I think, 2-1. Um, so it's interesting that there's really no clear impression of what people think is going to happen. I've got a funny feeling we're going to win this 3-1, but it is a game where... They're very good at counter-attacking. We're taking the game two teams a lot more than before. It's going to be on moments in the game more than ever, this one. It's whether we can take our chances better than we have done. If the likes of Trossard can get their shooting boots on, if we're lucky with not getting injuries or any, any weird stuff happens during the game, unfortunate red cards, that kind of thing. If we can avoid that, if we can take our chances, and if we can avoid being caught on the counter and done on set pieces. Those are the two elements that we're worried about as Albion fans, aren't we, most particularly. And if we could do that, then maybe we get the win. And, I mean, any results possible. So I'm going to throw a 3-1 win in there, but who knows. Peter, do you reckon we're going to get this?
0: Not really, but I didn't think we would at Newcastle (laughs) either. So I'm hoping that by saying we're going to lose 3-2 that I'm going to prompt a really positive result. Nice, I like it. And Raymond?
2: Well, uh, I mean, to, just to sum up what you've said, as long as we can score more goals, we'll win.
0: Um, <laughs> sort Why is worse
2: Well, no, I, I, I mean... I mean I Why they remember,
0: don't pay it to be an official podcast. <laughs> <not what> I, <laughs> I, I,
2: always, I always remember the, the, the classic game when we played Liverpool in the Cup, and it won all at half-time. We ended up losing 6-1. However, we scored four goals. Unfortunately, three of them were in our own net. <laughs> oh, witnessed it. Come one of
0: the best overbelts on the scene. Wonderful. The impact supported by Lewis dance, and Lewis Dunks was <laughs> yeah. incredible. He, he oh, was he it in it. It's He's
2: the ball. I don't know how many times he he, he must have juggled it, but eight, nine, or ten. It never hit the ground. He went out from our goal area into our goal and out again. He's <laughs> dodging <We're> <laughs> the ball. I mean, yeah. if you asked him to do it as a party trick, he wouldn't be able to. But so. Uh, what is his, his goal, is Raymond? I I'm there I enjoyed it. To score more goals lose. Um, <laughs> so Well he, I, his
1: his was the best. His was the best goal. The Walawa's wild, free kick was the second best. We outscored them. As far as I'm concerned, we won that
2: game. <laughs> I think I think De Har will do his normal thing and score a goal against us. So yeah, he doesn't uh,
1: score many, but he scores against us, doesn't he? More often it, than not. It's like but,
2: it's, but it's a question of whether we can score the goal and you know I, I think there's a 50-50 chance of a one-all draw.
1: Yeah. Well, I think Zaha didn't play both games. I think, I'm think i not sure what the situation is with him internationally, whether there was any issues there or not. Um, I think Palace fans seem to be unsure as to whether he's going to be able to
0: start. Um, he'll definitely start. If he's got like both his legs cut off, he'd still start up against Brighton. He's like, he doesn't <laughs> have which I like. <laughs>
1: we'll see. And will Glenn Murray be in the, in the studio, punditry-wise? It's, it's an obvious one, isn't it? Surely Watford won't be playing, presumably, on that day.
0: Yeah, they're playing tomorrow, actually, so you'd have like plenty of time to prepare. Incidentally,
2: I'm yeah, yeah. not. I'm
0: not aware of Murray having scored for Watford
2: yet. I, I don't think,
0: think, think he's
2: very much. He's not played much. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: you know, well, on yeah. that note, guys, we'll we'll um, we'll draw it to a close. It's been an epic. Thank you very much for joining us, Peter and Raymond. Um, we'll be back again well, with uh, our next. A review of that magnificent win against Palace that's coming up, I'm sure. Um, in the meantime, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Thank you, Raymond. Do you enjoy that?
2: I oh, did very much. Thank you very much. So, sorry that it's been so elongated.
1: No, that's all right. It's nearly time for breakfast, but that's all right. <laughs> and Peter, thank you very much as well. Yes. So, Peter, stand or fall? Up the Albion. Cheers. So thanks very much for sticking with us for the rest of that conversation, episode 73. In terms of other episodes, it's still worth recommending that you check out episode 71 in which I spoke with Angela Tanner and Peter Vale, both associated with Worthing FC uh, in the first of our non-league specials that we covered. It was a really interesting evening chatting away, the two of us, uh, Peter and I, with those guys and we really got a good insight into what was going on. We had some pretty good feedback, in fact, from some of our listeners as well friend of the show Andy Bass wrote on Twitter a nice insight into Worthing FC at an excellent local club um, from Brighton Rockpot. If I can't make the Albion I'll happily head to Woodside Road for a football fix. Sussex is blessed with many great alternatives to the Premier League. Hashtag Worthing FC. Hashtag mackerel men. We also heard from Andy Bravery another friend of the show. He said, really enjoyed the insight into Worthing FC from Angela and yourself, uh, speaking here to Peter Vale. He said, sounds like you have great fun both at Woodside Road and out on the road. So we're glad you're all enjoying it carry on listening and please do subscribe wherever you can hit the subscribe buttons and if you can put a review particularly if you're on apple if you can review us with five stars hit those buttons and post in a review as well in the uh, in written form that would really help with the ratings it's always really helpful to us and we um, well we would absolutely love you to help us out Um, in the meantime Check that out if you haven't already, Episode 71. Thanks for listening to episode 72 and 73. Our next one is going to be the review of the Palace game. Let's hope it's good news. Until then, guys, stand or fall up the Albion.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs>